0: Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops, Papa Giorgio. So I'm going to start this off uh, differently than I usually would with uh, a quote actually because you know this podcast episode is going to get into Jonathan Isaac and COVID-19 and just kind of the mess that the world is in, not just basketball world, but just the whole bunch of just misinformation out there, just confusing people and causing so much freaking divide that i i haven't seen in my lifetime and it's 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 rough it's you know but the whole point of this podcast is to focus mostly on the magic but when you have what stuff like what jonathan isaac's saying then you know some of that has to some of that real world stuff has to has to get into the basketball point of view in my in my eyes but uh i'm going to start off with a quote from uh jurgen klopp who is the coach manager at uh at liverpool Uh, English Premier League team, if you don't know, uh, soccer-related, if you don't care. But uh, he had a pretty good quote when it came to comparing, you know, those who are not getting the COVID-19 vaccine to drinking and driving. And the quote goes like this. This law is not there for protecting me when I drink two beers and want to drive. It's there for protecting all the other people because I'm drunk or pissed and want to drive a car. This, for me, is exactly the same. I don't take the vaccination only to protect me. I take the vaccination to protect all the people around me and I don't understand where that is a limitation of freedom because if it is then not being allowed to drink and drive is a limitation of freedom as well. We are not allowed to ask people if they are vaccinated but I am allowed to ask a taxi driver are you drunk? So I enjoyed that uh that little common sense uh quote right there from uh from Ergen Klopp and with that a new magic campaign upon is upon us it's 2021-2022 they they go by quick don't they uh but there is excitement in the air believe it or not you may not hear too much of that here in this pod today but uh that's because there's there's apparent red flags that you know hint at rough times ahead both this season and maybe even beyond it you know we we could go 10 and 72 this season we could also go above and beyond what the Vegas predictions are which are have us at around 22 23 wins right now but uh you know this pod it's not just covid-19 related i mean we we legitimately need these, these four upcoming preseason games just to get an idea of what our offense and defense might look like when the games actually count because Jamal Mosley is a brand new head coach and along with having a super, super young roster that we have to evaluate, there's a bunch of unknowns. And so that brings, at a minimum, it brings intrigue. And I hope that that intrigue turns into happiness and that happiness turns into success and that success turns into a championship. Let's go. Whoa, 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 whoa. Get out the way, get out the way, get out the way, yeah. Yeah, get out the way, get the fuck up on my way, yeah. Yeah. You either with me or kiss me out. Oh, oh. You either win me or win. win. Win 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 win.
1: Yeah. Fuck everything else. Win 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 win.
0: Alright, we're back. It's been a little while, I've been out on vacation and life and work and stuff and spencer's been doing the same thing at this point but uh we're back we're recording saturday evening october 2nd so we're in the midst of magic training camp and preseason starts monday the fourth in boston so before we get to training camp kind of some more roster chatting and whatnot just kind of want to go over some of the news while we've uh while we were out since the last recording so, Penny, Steve Clifford is not an NBA head coach this season. He is a coaching uh, coaching consultant instead for the Brooklyn Nets.
1: Are you surprised to me that he does not have a head coaching gig? Uh, a little surprised, but I guess just by virtue of the other coaches that were available and kind of the quick turnaround in some of those jobs. Um, but seems like he'll probably take a year in a, as a consultant and probably get back in next year, right? Yeah, it's. I mean, he,
0: he could have picked the worst team. I'm sure that you know the Brooklyn's gonna be in it for for the title. Uh, they'll be one of the favorites. They they are one of the favorites. It's all about you know basically health with them for the most part because they've that that team's gotten a lot better since four months ago with yep. some of the signings. Just Patty Mills alone makes that team just infinitely better. But all right. Let's get into Dwayne Bacon is no longer a member of the Orlando Magic. He got waived by the team. He got signed by the New York Knicks. So shout out Scott Perry, I guess. Yeah. Picking up former Magic players out, out of the blue. But uh, instead, we uh, we signed uh, Iggy Brisdekis to get one of the Magic two-way spots. So I'm a little surprised that Bacon got waived because his contract was so small. He's... He's, you know, people were mad at, uh, that you know, about Bacon shooting so much and whatnot, but we everybody was hurt. He was the only guy that that played every game last season for the Magic, and he even started 50 games, when in reality he should have been like the 12th or 13th guy off the bench. But are you
1: surprised Dwayne Bacon got waived? Are you a little bit disappointed he's gone, or are you just like, meh? Uh, I, I think we both talked about him being kind of at that contract, the perfect 13th, 14th, 15th man. Um, would would have been fine if he stayed. Don't really care that he left, but definitely surprised that Brzezecis ended up being one of the two way players for this year. Uh, would you w- would you have preferred Dwayne Bacon or Etwan Moore? Because we're gonna get into Etwan Moore now. Uh, well, surprisingly, I I'm shocked. Coming off a finals appearance, he would come here. <laughs> yeah, that he comes here for a one year deal and not really, you know, not much more than veteran minimum. He's getting two point six million for a year. Yeah, that that that's it.
0: That that's not much. He easily could have gotten more elsewhere. I feel like, or he could have gotten some type of small role as well on a playoff team base because he was he was on a Suns team that made it to the finals.
1: He, you know, he didn't play great in the in the playoffs. The little he did play, but I mean, during the regular season, he, like he's he contributed. contributed, yeah. And uh, I guess it must be a lifestyle choice for him. We uh, obviously he's building a home here. He had kept a home from his previous stint, and uh, we've already heard that he's teaching the floater to some of the young players. So
0: I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Because look. Etwan Moore was here almost a decade ago for his first stint Crazy. with the Magic, which I covered both his years as a member of you know as a media member while I was with the Magic. So I did not think he would play; he would still be in the NBA. I would I did not think as a player anyway. I did not think he would carve out an Ish Smith like career that he's carved out from a tenure perspective. So shout out to Etwan for 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 putting together Doing this it. long of a career and. You're getting paid to play basketball for a living, and you're making good money out of it. So, I mean, from a veteran perspective, I don't know. I like I I don't consider I, I don't know what type of leadership qualities Etowah Moore has. I he doesn't seem like the most vocal guy in the world to me. So I I'll be curious to see how that pans out. The Magic signed another guard when we really could have used a forward. Right. I, I wasn't too happy about that. Uh, I would have rather have signed a guy like Courtney Lee, who all of a sudden is actually you know,
1: a magic player development coach, according to Terrence Ross from his T-Ross podcast. Haven't seen anything uh, official. Haven't seen anything official. Also haven't seen anything from Courtney Lee's uh, social media other than continuing to golf in California with Chandler Parsons every day. So uh, we'll we'll be interested to see what you would think we would have seen him um, in some of the training camp videos, just holding a ball or doing something by this point. Yeah, I don't... I don't know what's going on
0: in that. I mean, he's got to be on, you know, I, I, I don't see a reason why T. Ross would be lying. So I got to imagine right. he's, he's would, working. Would
1: be cool if he was on the staff in an official capacity. Um, and obviously the connection is there. Um, you know, he he finished his playing career with Dallas and Mosley was there. So, yes, that is that is
0: true. That is the the connection with Mosley. And look, Courtney Lee, he's my guy. He had a phenomenal rookie season. 08-09. Yep. Big, big reason why we made the finals. Had some disgusting dunks in multiple series, both before and after Dwight Howard accidentally caved his face in. Like, it's, it sucks that he didn't have the long Magic tenure. Instead, he was part of the trade in New Jersey that brought us back Vince Carter. So, um, I'm a big Courtney Lee fan. I will defend him for the rest of my life. For the Game 2, you know, layup miss, because there's so many factors with that layup that was very difficult. One, Kobe's holding him the entire time as he's going around the screen. <laughs> two, he's going fast as fuck to try and catch the ball because Kobe was holding him. So he's going at a pretty quick velocity to even catch the Hito Aliou pass. And did you think it was goaltended? And yes, of course, it was goaltending, even though also when he shot it, he had so much momentum going out about, you know, going out of bounds and a portion of his body's behind the backboard. Yeah, so the fact that he even got it up there, I thought it was almost tough enough. Let alone, you know, he, he, it's he, he, it should have went in. It should have went in. Pal Gasol does commit goaltending. I don't know why this isn't a bigger thing or it wasn't a bigger thing at the time. Like I I don't even remember the magic. We're even really complaining about it even after the the overtime loss. But anyway, Courtney Lee is my guy. Also,
1: would you like to share your real estate news with (laughs) Courtney Lee perspective? I I just think it's fun sometimes to check out the orange County parcel search and uh, Courtney Lee has kept a bunch of Orlando property over the years and, um, I think he actually most recently purchased Evan Fournier's home. So One of them. I don't know if it's the yeah. Winter Park one or yeah. which
0: one. but um, So anyway, yeah.
1: obviously Courtney has kept roots in Orlando since his rookie year, and that's always cool when um, players choose to, you know, State. They they go to a lot of places, right?
0: They don't like the Magic franchise, but they, they like, like Orlando. The city, yeah, yeah so. <laughs> so he's he's in there with like right. Martin Gortat and like Jason Williams and whoever else you want to add. Speaking
1: to that, right? of Courtney Lee and the trade for Vince Carter, I have a 10-second aside. Um, there's a Vince Carter documentary that just came out on Friday, available on Crackle. It's a ninety minute film about his NBA career. Oh. Um, on Crackle with commercials, um, and <laughs> and it was. I'd give it like a five point four out of ten.
0: Oh, that's bad. Yeah. That's really bad. So that that doesn't that doesn't shock me. You got yeah. That that's very interesting. Yeah, check so, that out. All right. So other news. We're going back. We're we're sticking with former Magic players, I guess. So, Aaron Gordon got a four year ninety two million dollar extension to stay in Denver. Uh, his fourth year is a player option. Don't know if that contract has bonuses or whatnot tied to it because Evan Fournier got a four year seventy eight million dollar deal to sign with the New York Knicks. But it's really 73 million because of unlikely bonuses uh, that uh, that's uh, been reported by you know guys like Woj and Shams. So, but and then the fourth year for Fournier is a team option. Evan didn't get the 20 million dollars per year that he wanted. He came kind of close, but not not really. Um, thoughts on the contract? Thoughts on?
1: I mean, personally, I'm glad we're not paying them that. Yeah. The, um, the crazy thing is that well. Fournier, just cost of living wise, is losing a lot of money in New York (laughs) compared to Florida. But um, the crazy thing for both of those contracts is that neither one of them are out of line, in my opinion. I think that's probably market rate uh... for for both of them. I'm just, for how we were constructed, very glad that neither one of those are on our payroll. Yeah, look, I I, I vented on another podcast before this one, but uh, basically,
0: I have no issues with the with the, the magic getting rid of Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier. Uh, my biggest gripe was the Vooch trade. Now with Fournier, we gave him away for basically nothing to Boston. Like right. we waited like two years too late to trade him. You know, we should have traded him after the Raptors series, but uh, in 2019. But. Now all we got to show for Fournier is that seventeen point four million dollar uh, traded player exception uh, exception that has to get used by you know the upcoming trade deadline uh, and they in the just, winter.
1: They don't get used like they used to. It's years very ago.
0: very rare. And look, it might be a situation and and it's tough to say like salary cap wise. Like it looks like we're gonna be over the cap again, but under the tax. I just don't know how far under the tax we are right now, but. It could be a situation where we we just eat up like a seven million dollar contract to hold it for four months for like a second round pick. Like we might do that, but I wouldn't expect like a great player to come out of it or anything like above ten million dollars from like a contract perspective. It, if we use it, it's going to be really small. I, but or we just let it die. It, it's very likely we don't do anything with it. But um, it'll be interesting to see how how Denver hand, you know does because. You know, Aaron Gordon didn't have the greatest postseason. Uh, you know, defensively, he's basically what he was in Orlando. Offensively, he needed to raise his game with uh, Jamal Murray out, and it didn't happen. Part of that was he didn't probably get a full off season with with the Nuggets. So we'll see. Now that he's got a full off season. Every NBA player's got to deal with that new basketball, which we haven't heard complaints <laughs> about the new basketball yet. But that that's gonna come. It, I. I, yep. I like that, that LeBron complaint in like two weeks is coming, but, um, yeah, we'll we'll see f- from that perspective if Ag gets it going because he was he ended up being a, like a better three point shooter last season with the Magic than he was with Denver when Denver's got better shooting. He's he's getting bit much more open looks, yeah. so like he shot the three pretty well here and it didn't translate well last season in Denver as much. So maybe just getting comfortable. We'll see if that pays off, but um you know like i said i'm fine with no ag here i'm fine with fournier here especially since both of them didn't really want to be here to begin with or you know at least at some point last season they decided they didn't want to be here or sign an extension here or whatnot so um yeah so I, i'm pretty much done with that part all right so jj Redick retires he's yep. going to be a full-time podcaster
1: so you know his pod's a pretty good. Listen, I don't know. Are you a fan of JJ's pod? Uh, yeah, I I listen to the pod not every week, but most of the episodes. I think he's pretty good, and I'll be interested to see how that changes when there's less inside information now. Yeah, and he becomes uh, you know, a hundred percent part of the media as opposed to you know active player.
0: Yeah, so. Uh, would you say it's safe to say that of all the teams J.J. Reddick has now played for,
1: he'll be best remembered as a Clipper? I, I don't think so. You, what do you I, think? No, I think Magic. Really? I, 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 to me, and I think part of it, hear me out. Okay. I'm pleasantly surprised by this. Okay. The, the primary, well, primarily is going to be remembered as a Duke Blue Devil, right? I mean, sure, yeah, yeah. So, I, and Duke is blue, and the magic also blue. I think there's a the Clippers connection. wore blue as well, though they did. But <laughs> primarily, you think white and red for Clipper uh, colors. So I look the I. I would argue that the best years of his career might have come in Philadelphia, or at least he would say the best years of his personal Like,
0: Yeah, he, I mean, he from, hit, I mean, from a clutch shot perspective, yeah. I think he hit more clutch shots in Philly than even so, in, in, in LA, even though he had
1: better statistical games with the, the Clippers. The but, best statistics, obviously, in LA, but I think, uh, I think he's remembered for Orlando based on longevity and also um, obviously got the furthest in the playoffs with the Magic to the finals and the conference finals too. Yeah. He, um, you, I mean, you think Clippers,
0: I think from the an NBA perspective, I think people view him because he started a lot more, right. I think. Cause like, look, he didn't really start for the magic till the last year, year Dwight and a half, basically left. till Dwight yeah. left, like his last yeah. season or half season with us is when
1: he really got a lot of minutes. But <laughs> Can you, so he really like started to become the player that he ended up being once Dwight left and he uh, nailed down the two man game with Glenn Davis. Right? Yeah. Hey, The little pocket pass. Hey, the Magic were what yeah.
0: six and seven, and then like twelve and thirteen right. before Big Baby went down because like Emeka Okafor fucked up his leg or his shoulder, and like it was, it was it was downhill from there. But with Big Baby, Redick, Jamir, a like, and then flalo. and then rookie Vooch or, or, or oh. Fresh you know, yeah. second year Vooch, first year with the Magic. Like, we were looking pretty good there yeah, for a Like, we overachieved. Like, I feel I feel bad for Jacques Vaughn because
1: he kind of got robbed of that, yeah. you now, both by injury and then the trades that happened. And then by being Jacques Vaughn. But yeah. from a J.J. Redick <laughs> perspective, speaking of the two-man game, talk about the evolution of going from Glenn Davis to Joel Embiid. That's pretty good.
0: Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah. I think also because Redick... I mean and he admits it he he admits it all the time because he obviously was was a massive asshole prick you know in his early years <laughs> and that fits well for the northeast be it in either New York or especially in Philly all like right. he, that that's his vibe like it goes well for him yeah. so but uh I will say so okay would you agree or disagree with me with with me on this that JJ Reddick still owns the largest cheer from a magic crowd in Amway Center history when he hit the three that tied up the game in the final minute of regulation of Game 4 in the 2012 Pacers series.
1: Uh, I'm going to disagree, but I think that he... Because I'm, I'm going to tell you, because okay.
0: we were down 19 because yeah. we were at that game. We, we, were, we, the in, game. we were in the Ozone. Yeah. So we had a real damn good view of yeah. the shot, the crowd going apeshit, all the noise.
1: I think it was an afternoon game too so it was um but there's another moment that i'm thinking of and i'm not gonna remember the the exact sequence or, or the exact game it is so hopefully you can help me out but jj reddick hit it, had a four-point play in overtime after jason richardson had a four-point play in regulation to tie it up I think that was either against Philly I or Milwaukee. I think it was against Philly. Yeah, I think it was against Philly. And that, to me, that those cheers for those four-point plays are the loudest moment that I can recall in the new building that's now, what, 12 years old? It's a
0: regular season game, though. But Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, building's that, 11 years old. Yeah. Open on 10-10-10, so yeah. we're, we're almost there. building's almost 11 Time years old. Time for a new one already. Well, <laughs> I, like, get, get, get the county commissioners on the line. Uh, don't don't tempt the DeVos family with that guy. Right. They'll they'll do that. But I, I I really honestly think it was Redick because it basically comes down to two games. with Me, it's that that game four against Indy in twenty twelve. Yep. Where again we're down nineteen with eight minutes left, and we fucking and this this was right after he got a technical foul for getting in Tyler Hansborough's face. Yeah. Like it was Duke UNC in there too. Yeah, but you know we're in the ozone for that and like he ties the game with, and he he had a bad shooting game too i think he was like 2 for 9 in the game and he and one of the two was that huge 3 but the other one that's close and i was in a i was in the building for that this one too was game 3 against the raptors 2 years ago in 20, 2019 yeah that game got loud. like the crowd was begging for the magic to even just tie it up, take a lead, whatever, for the majority of that game, and we came close. We got fucked over a couple times, and then Fournier let Danny Green punk him around. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> like, I, I think of other games I was in. I, I've been in there for either as a fan or the media, like the Tobias Harris OKC dunk right. uh, winner, where Mo Harkless wisely played hot potato and it worked out time wise. But I still think Redick holds the crown. So that that's my thing on that. Um, Great career, I mean, awesome. It, it's I mean, it, it really wouldn't shock me if in a year he feels good and he's like he's itching to, to, to play for for one of those northeast teams. Because I mean, it looks like the main reason why he's not doing it is because he just he couldn't he physically, couldn't, he couldn't physically because either the Knicks, the Sixers, or Brooklyn would have fucking signed, him. like yeah. they would have found a way to do it, right? And it just, I he just he needs a year off, and maybe, and I get it, father. You got you know a couple a couple of young kids that you want to be with and grow up i get that i i 100 get that even i'm not a father like the closest thing i get is my my golden doodle It's 14 months old but um <laughs> I, I get that when you're on the road like half the year and whatnot or more than half the year like eight months out of the year or longer you know it's it's tough to be a good family person and i i'm sure that weighed heavily but if he gets healthy in a year and if he can sign for one of those Northeast teams, I could see him coming back. I, I really could. Cause he might be bored doing the podcast in like eight months and realize he's tired of being on a podcast all the time. Right. So we'll see. Um, all right, let's focus more closer now to, to this season because, or, and it's particularly this month or, you know, this past month, but, uh, Admiral Schofield signed for the magic to make it 20 currently on the, in his training camp roster. Uh, he looks like he's going to be the favorite for the second two-way Magic contract because, I mean, and I mean, we haven't seen him play yet. we got two preseason or four preseason games coming up. Yeah. You know, before the season starts October 20th, but he should have signed with the Magic five months ago. Right. Uh, and he, and we magic would have broken the record for most players played for an NBA team in a season. Mm-hmm. Like we tied it. We didn't break it. We were broken it with Schofield. So I'm curious. I, I don't know what happened. Like, I remember, I think the reports were there's like a paperwork issue or something. Or COVID. Could have been COVID yeah. related, maybe. Probably was COVID related, but, you know, we can only speculate. Maybe he'll share it if he actually makes the team or gets in, gets a two way contract. But, um, you know, I, right now, I mean, I'll talk about the other guys that we signed for training camp. So we got Jeff Dowden, Hassani Gravett, uh, John Teske. And then Admiral Schofield himself—that rounds off the runs out the twenty-man roster for this training camp. But do you think Schofield's going to get the two-way? There's no Devin Kennedy in this camp, yeah. which I think was bullshit. If he's healthy, like the man broke his leg for you, like he looked pretty healthy to me. So um, maybe he'll 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 get a gig with Lakeland. I don't know. Um, it's we'll, we'll see. But you think Schofield's going to get the get the second two-way or?
1: we gotta wait and see how this plays out first yeah I, I think he's the leader in the clubhouse in terms of um you know we the, basically you're not gonna sign any of the centers as your other two-way and you're not gonna no. sign any of the other guard like so Hasani gravette intrigues me like the guy can shoot he he can it was intriguing in the summer league this year for sure um but you right now I, I mean I
0: he was going to sign with us at the end of last season. I, I feel like it's his yeah. unless something weird happens. So, um, focusing a little bit more on the training camp side, should I care that J Cole practice with the Magic? Uh, yeah, sure. Good content. <laughs> I mean, I like J Cole. I like his earlier stuff. I don't like his. I mean, I'm not a great music person. Like, I, I think I leave a great that to our friends. Person. I I'm not. You're, you're too kind. But um, I like J Cole's earlier stuff. Uh, but you know he was playing what he was playing in uh, in Africa for in, in their in their league for for a little bit there uh, during during this year and then I mean he's been in celebrity games he's been he I mean he likes basketball he's not an NBA pro by any means no. but nope um, it's interesting that he just showed up at the Magic training camp I, I don't even know who officially gave him the invite I'm not sure but. I don't know if he was around for performances. At a concert at the Amway. Oh yeah, he did have yeah. the Amway. Con- okay, yeah. so that worked out for him. But um, it's just interesting. And then, do we like the bell that's I, being used? I, I hate the bell. How I, do you feel about? it? I'm not a fan of the bell, and I. It's interesting. I, I'm really happy that the team is really excited and having fun. I guess, but I I want to know on the floor what's going to happen.
1: And it's, uh, yeah, uh, until you're fucking excuse my language. Well, wow, we can curse on the puck. Until you're four and 16, 20 games into the season, and the bell gets fucking thrown across there. Incidentally, I love the <laughs> 76ers bell.
0: Yeah, no, well, look, and the Phillies, the Phillies right. have hashtag ring the bell, right? Like, and then the Sacramento Kings had the cowbell twenty years ago, forever. which is also fine. Yeah, because yeah. it's based off an SNL skit too. I, I guess too. I,
1: I hate I hate that shit. Honestly, I hate it. It I don't I don't get that. And then I mean, at least we don't have a guy coming in making everyone row the boat or something. But uh, yeah, yeah I, that's not for me.
0: And I mean, I'm I'm 33. I don't I really don't think this is an age thing. I I feel like even 15 years ago, I would not have cared for this bell if I heard one of our coaches was doing that. Like, would I have been thrilled if like Doc Rivers was doing this before a training camp? No, I, I don't think so. So. No. And
1: I guess did did uh um, <laughs> oh is it was Jim Boylan uh, who's who's the the Chicago coach did he didn't he no he had the time yeah. punch install a time he had a time punch yeah. system yeah. yeah everyone had to punch in the time card like but, but this is I I guess uh, this is this is different with the bell
0: because it's for like, I, I for, don't for like, is it even for tips it's for deflections steals I it's I don't it's know it's for a lot of stuff but I no. these kids like. I get it. We have a super young roster and a couple of vets, but I'm just worried that we're focusing on making stuff fun. That we're actually not going to have any type of organized offense or defense when it <laughs> when it comes. And maybe that's the whole point. Like we're watching Ted Lasser right now. Maybe Jamal Mosley got hired for us to be dog shit and be like <laughs> and have like the worst record in the league, so that we can hopefully get the number one pick. Even though. We haven't won the draft, draft, or we haven't moved I, up in a draft lottery in 14 draft lotteries. I mean,
1: that is why he got hired. Yeah, I guess so. So
0: yeah. um, every training camp, every media day feels like a honeymoon until you're
1: in the shit. Until Can you're... I ask you a question? <laughs> yeah. The... Just a, if the Magic tweeted you and said, Hey, we're going to have you come in and ring the bell, would you do it? No. Would you want to ring the bell? No. I would decline. I, I, w- <laughs> I don't think I would ring the bell. Wait, do I get free shit out of it? No, you just go for the bell ring. No,
0: no. No. If I'm not getting, like, a free jersey, yeah. I, or free, like, gear. All right. The practice gear is nice. <laughs> I like the practice gear. The
1: gear's cool. The gear's nice. The bell, not so cool. <laughs> no. I, no. I just... Oh, man. Fucking bell. It, I don't know... It,
0: when I think of the bell, I think of the Giannis Adedakumbo blowjob bell that he, his girlfriend gave him, but who's now is, you know, who's his, he, right, is right. the mother of his children now. I don't but, know the story. Um, he he shared it. It, yeah. it was fun. I, it's sorry, I, I I'm going off a crazy tangent. But yeah. all right, all right, we're gonna actually go serious now okay. a little bit with the COVID nineteen stuff because you and I are serious people with stuff like this. Yeah, but so. As of this recording, we definitely know that over 90% of NBA players are fully vaccinated and that around 95% of NBA players have received at least one dose because a lot of them got shamed in media day in training camp and a lot of them are getting it because uh, there is some strict shit that's being dropped down by the league as far as if you're not vaccinated, one, depending on what your home city is or what your home state is, you may not, you, know, you may actually lose money
1: quite quickly significant
0: cash yeah like all like entire game paychecks you yep. might so um and then from a traveling perspective it's even tougher as far as like if if you're flying on the plane and you're unvaccinated, you have to fly somewhere else you know in a different portion of the plane so i don't know how that works does that mean they fly like in the bathroom do they fly first class even though most of these planes don't really have a first class because they're you know, most of them fly Delta now. These these Delta, uh, like, souped-up jets that, you know, they're just – they're there for the – if there's no classes, they're built for NBA players up to, like, seven foot six. you know, a lot of legroom and whatnot. But, um, you know, you can't go outside of the hotel, basically, when you're in an NBA city. Maybe Jonathan Isaac will like that. Don't know, um, which we'll get to him in a second, obviously. But, one – I have no issue with what the NBA do, like what the NBA is doing from a restriction perspective, and you know I've seen other NBA players. I've seen people make up make the point that well, you're you're playing basketball anyway. You're touching you're, you know you're you're rubbing up against other players. You're sh- you're you're in the same close space with them on the court. The whole point is mitigation because the way the 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 COVID you know the way COVID nineteen works is that you know obviously it could take one. Instance where you're literally talking to somebody for you know a couple minutes, or you're in somebody's vicinity for you know even a couple seconds or whatever, and you can get it. But the science dictates that the more you can mitigate, uh, you know, the the occurrence of close contact situations, the the less likely you'll test positive. Basically, you'll catch COVID-19. So that's the whole reason why they're doing it. Even though they're playing two two and a half hours on on, on the court you know, for a basketball game because they're mitigating the, you know, the situation, the whole rest of the day that, that, that that's basically the viewpoint from a science perspective. And there's scientific data. There's all, there's all the numbers that seem to indicate that that helps a lot rather than just, well, they're, they're playing on the court anyway, might as well just let them hang out. That's, that's not how that works. So um, I don't know from what you've seen from restrictions and from just stuff that that's come out from the league and any,
1: any pushback, as far as what you think from a restriction perspective? Uh, not, not from my perspective. Um, and I think that goes in line with what you say about how we feel about uh, the virus and public health. And um, if you look at mitigation efforts, I think look no further than the bubble from two seasons ago and yeah. one year ago yeah. that you, you, you take the strict precautions Um, and people adhere to those precautions and there's no transmission of virus at all. Yeah. So, all right, let's get to Jonathan Isaac, who has stated that he is unvaccinated.
0: And that was the main topic at Magic Media Day, as it probably should have been. Uh, people were praising J.I. for, uh, how eloquently he spoke and denying a lot of what was written in the Rolling Stone piece. He did speak eloquently. Um, his thinking's still wrong. I don't like. I like his. I'm, the,
1: the, here's the, the thing: content and delivery are two different things.
0: Yeah, the content's not great. Uh, it's it's wrong, It's back. It's ass backwards in, in that regard. And he's still doing harm to his team and potentially his family and friends. From a team perspective, if you miss, he could miss time. He could miss time off the court when he's healthy. You know, that's not. Again, maybe maybe the front office doesn't care. It's like, "Oh yeah, you can miss like 30 games for being in COVID-19 protocol cuz we're tanking. We don't we don't need you out there. Also, we don't want to pay your 2.6 million dollar bonus for that he needs to play 70 plus ga- you know games a season to get. Right. So, um, and then he's still putting other members at risk. Like he was on I he was on another Magic podcast where he was talking about how he'd like to have like 15 kids one day if possible. And If you, we know that for some dudes that catch COVID-19, uh, infertility becomes an issue, uh, or impotence because it becomes an issue. So there's, you got to think about that. And look, his mom is in the healthcare industry, uh, in the medical industry. He doesn't act like that, uh, with his decisions and it's going to become a distraction. It seems like the teammate, his teammates don't care, um, which, I mean, hey, look, if, if they really don't care, I have my doubts. I'm sure some care, like maybe Robin Lopez does with some of his his actions. Right. Uh, you know, my favorite my favorite part of Jonathan Isaac's Media Day speech was actually after, because Rolo came up next behind him, and he, he was the only Magic player wearing a mask. Because guess what? All the coaches, all the media have to be vaccinated to be in there. All the PR folks, everybody's got to be vaccinated to be in that building. The only person in that media room that was not vaccinated... Was Jonathan Isaac? So it's just interesting how that's going to play out. Um, I'm still a little surprised that we're not mandating that fans be vaccinated. Probably because NBA teams are just worried about losing season ticket money and
1: just revenue in general. I get that. Um, Probably also beholden to you know state government. Well, yeah, from too. a Florida,
0: from, I mean, from a Florida perspective, it's the Wild West here. Right. Like, it's there, there's no restrictions at all here anyway, but. Um, JI is very lucky that Kyrie Irving, Andrew Wiggins, and Bradley Bill got most of the media spotlight for their uh yeah. their sharing of not being vaccinated and their false opinions of why they they're against the vaccine. Um again, I just thought the whole Rolo thing was just very funny and that along with the with him not just being masked but also just bringing up how he was doing his own research on his brother being an NBA champion with the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Like I could tell watching it that it went over some folks heads, but I was just laughing my ass off watching that. So I like Robin Lopez. Like I, that That's going to end up being one of my favorite signings, I think for, for a while now, I think. Um, and then along with that, he's going to get the rookies like reading and watching national geographic, the New Yorker and signs now for projects and reports. That's, that's pretty great. I, yeah. I like it. I'll take it. Um, any thoughts on Isaac? Any stuff about potentially this being an issue during the season? Because It's going to
1: become an issue. It won't become an issue for Magic Home Games, but I could definitely see it become an issue on the road. Uh, I mean, it's it's an issue. And at the risk of making this episode three hours long, I would just say, from, from my... Per- and I'd like to have a little nuanced discussion about this. From my perspective, I science and politics should not mix, but they always have and they always will from, you know, stem cells to cloning sheep and Dolly, right? Like, there's always an intersection. And science and faith, there's always a little bit of friction. So my... at the end of the day personal liberties and freedoms are one thing public health is another thing i'm certainly not a scientist i'm not an epidemiologist i'm i'm not anything of consequence but you can have the virus and get the virus again yes oh yeah you can have the virus and have antibodies for a while but then dissipate then get it again and then die from it so having had the virus does not preclude you from getting the virus again in and the same way that getting the vaccine does not preclude you from getting the virus. But it is infinitely better chance of staying out of the hospital, infinitely better, you
0: know, chances of staying away from being, you know, being on a, you know, in you know, in a tube basically. What, what it
1: comes down to for speaking personally is I feel that everyone has a civic duty for the betterment of their community, oh, yeah. not not just family, not oh, no. just friends, yeah. everybody, but the entire public health community, um, because it's not just about COVID nineteen, and it's about the variants that will come. So the more that people get vaccinated, yeah. the less future variants that there will be. Um, and and the you know I don't know if you've had anyone in the hospital in the last six months, twelve months, eighteen months, but um, the the taxing obviously of the healthcare system affects not just covid patients uh also cancer patients also people that um are having appendicitis like there's a flow down effect to everything else and um you know it's a personal issue for me that there's people that are high risk um that you don't want anything to happen to yeah um and and you can be as he was certainly eloquent and I will give him uh That's I mean that's him being a minister for, for that's, being eloquent. Yeah. But when you're speaking bullshit, <clears throat> it doesn't matter how pretty you say it. Um and and that's where I'm coming from. I I can understand where he's coming from. I think that at the end of the day, people get information from trusted sources um in certain communities that trusted source source is a faith leader and that faith leader may not have a scientific background so it would be nice if everybody had um a primary care doctor that they trusted outside of the you know organizational medical team to get unbiased information about um and I guess that's where I'll leave it I don't know if you have anything um, to clean it up I do cuz yeah. I mean Again, this this impacts you personally
0: from a family perspective, but um, I mean even just healthcare workers, like I know doctors, I know PAs that have been dealing with COVID nineteen. They've long been tired of this shit. Like it is mentally and physically taxing that they have to keep dealing with this shit continuously. And it's I mean, I, I, I just feel I, I just wish that people that were spewing this nonsense this anti-vax crap would actually be able to just look at what's going on at these facilities, like sit them down in a room, put a camera in, like in in some of these hospital facilities and just let them watch just all this crap that's happening. Because people are talking about, you know, stuff that's in the virus, be it a chip, which first off, you're getting followed by, you know, your smartwatch or your smartphone that you're carrying all the damn time. Also, I haven't seen one video that's shown a chip from any type of uh, person that's gotten vaccinated. Like, I haven't seen anyone digging in their arm and found a chip yet. Feel free to send me a video if you have. But the other thing is that, you know, people are like, well, you know, it's, you know, they, they came up with the virus so fast, or the, the vaccine so fast, or they just don't trust uh, what's in the, in the, in the vaccine, you know, people look, you know, when people bring up, like, you know, how we have come up with vaccines for polio or measles or whatnot, how that took, you know, that took a lot longer than than it did to come up with, you know, the COVID-19 vaccine. A lot of that's just technology and just advancements in, in logistics and supplies and whatnot as well. And also there's money to be made for people that actually come up with COVID-19 vaccines as well. But, um, you know the, f- the fact that there's conspiracies about how hospital workers make more money for ba- you know for the more COVID 19 patients they get or whatnot, or they get more money if they say somebody died of COVID 19 that they didn't really die of COVID 19. That's all nonsense, people. That none of that's true. Um, it's very taxing. Jonathan Isaac sounds like my Greek Orthodox priest here here in town, basically, where he thinks he you know he thinks he's you know more knowledgeable than anyone else in the room but in reality he's not and there's the reason why I haven't gone to my my church in 2 years cuz I cuz you know my my priest you know didn't really still hasn't really adhered to covid-19 guidelines he lost his dad who was also a priest to covid-19 and still just deny almost denied you know coming up with a actual valid health response to it, like, it's, I'm a faith-based person, believe it or not, like, I, I believe in God, um, if I didn't, I, I, you know, I don't know what else I would have to, to look forward to later, later when my life ends, but, um, I know to put common sense ahead of that, and some people don't, like, I know how to, how to have actual expert opinion go in front of, a faith-based leader's opinion. Like, some people can't do that. And this is why, you know, we're in this situation, not just in, in the U.S., but globally. There's there's issues like this. Like, I was in Greece for vacation. This is still an issue. Um, you know, they've gotten priests, finally, to to really, you know, get into to COVID-19, you know, research and actually opening up churches to be places where people can get vaccinated and stuff. So, I mean, there, there, there's stories of this all around the globe in different countries and different parts of the world but um i there used to be a, a time and a place before social media where we trusted experts because they were experts you know they've been doing you know something and continually studied something for decades of their life and somewhere along the way we let people like us on podcasts maybe or YouTubers or streamers or TikTokers or whatever Get in the way of that with conspiracy theorists with stuff that's not true without really fact check, checking them, and I don't know why that stuff's happening. Um, I, I really don't know why, but it's very frustrating, and it is going to become an issue with Isaac if he doesn't get vaccinated, you know, in the near future. It's it's going to come up, and we'll see if it involves him testing positive, it involves with him missing games because. He's not adhering to local protocols or whatnot of whatever city he's in, NBA city he's in at the time, or if he has to be quarantined or something. Because if you're vaccinated, you don't have to be quarantined, which is, that's a big deal. Right. In the NBA. Like, you don't have to get swabbed, you know, PCR tested all the time. Like, I don't know about you, man, but I've taken a couple PCR tests. I don't like getting that shit stuck up my nose or stuck down my throat.
1: Um, yeah, it's not that fun. I, I would say, I think to your point, Politics has certainly become theater, and we can debate whether that should be the case or not. But public health and, uh, at the end of the day, fact should never be theater or entertainment. Yeah, Fact should be indisputable. Um, And I guess that's all I have to say about that. All right. Well, can I interest you in a Ben
0: Simmons trade then? Absolutely. So, and this was before the this latest stuff with Jonathan let me let me get that straight like this this trade uh, I'm bringing up is my feeling that Isaac may never fully be able to have a healthy season for in a magic jersey anyway um and we'll see I mean I again he's not gonna be ready for the start of the regular season which surprises me because he had a surgery last August we're, we're going on 14 months now right um Markel Fultz, he had his surgery in January he seems to be closer than isaac maybe for the start of the regular season we'll see but um i'm i'm disappointed honestly that we don't have either for even the preseason but we'll we'll see maybe maybe we're being faked out by the front office which that would piss me off but because they don't want to put even like an estimate of a timetable down for anything which that gets really frustrating and if you trust this front office great I've already said, I don't trust this front office right now ever since the Vooch trade. For sure. that was I, I was out after that. And people can can be mad at me. People can get in my DMs, make fun of me, whatever. I don't give a shit, all right? I've been a Magic fan my whole life. I've been a Magic fan a lot longer than most of the trolls on Twitter have been. So, um, I've seen some shit. I lived through 03, 04, okay? <laughs> I've been through it. So... I don't care in that regard. So, all right, let me throw this Ben Simmons trade at you. All so, right. we're gonna do Ben Simmons for Jonathan Isaac, who's making seventeen million dollars this season, uh, Terrence Ross, and Mobamba, which does work in in the trade machine, yep, and does actually save the Magic four million dollars, yep. Um, what 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 are your thoughts just yes. by throwing that? Yep.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, look, you're we're, all all we talk about is. You want to consolidate assets to either we trade want up to or yeah, to to get somebody that moves the needle. We have not had a needle mover on the roster since Dwight, Dwight Howard, Vooch uh, technically, but people didn't consider that. Though, I mean, even though he's a
0: two-time All Star, right. but
1: so so uh, you. Uh, we with, haven't had
0: an All NBA guy since
1: Dwight, and guess right. what? Ben Simmons has made All NBA thirteen, and, and with all of the. Uh, what out distract possible outside distractions with all of the holes in his game at the end of the day, he's an all NBA talent, so yeah. If he's if there's any way to get it done, you get it done. Um, my biggest
0: issue, well, and actually, it, it's, it's really two, but my biggest issue it's really what's Ben Simmons' mental state, and this is not something that you or I are ever going to be privy to unless it gets announced or whatever. But. I don't know. Do you, did you ever see the HBO documentary a few years ago where uh, Ben Simmons was being followed around in high school in LSU? Yeah, and I then there were parts of it where his sister was involved. I think she was part of the documentary. I can't remember what, but, you know, it was well documented in the documentary that his sister had, had he was dealing with mental struggles. And she's unfortunately still dealing with that because she comes up in the news for... Various reasons I won't divulge in them here, but you can, I mean you can Google them. But um, where there's still you know mental struggles with her, and I mean I'm one I'm wondering if Ben has similar you know mental struggles, kind of like you know his sister goes through because that's it that's tough to, to handle that being an NBA player, being a a top fifteen NBA player in the league, and my other issue is him being a Rich Paul you know, a Rich Paul a clutch client. That's my other issue with him. Yeah. But that still doesn't really deter me because one, we've already rehabilitated Markel Fultz in my mind. I mean he's getting there. Um but I mean we took him, we took him from Philly for very little and he was a number one pick and they gave up on him real quick once You know, he legitimately was having shoulder issues and nobody in Philly was believing him. Right. And Ben Simmons is getting scapegoated because of a missed layup or not taking a layup and not being a good free throw shooter. But there were there are other people on that in that Philadelphia organization to be mad at. One being Daryl Morey's been trying to trade him for over a year. That started with the James Harden rumors with Houston. That didn't happen. Is Doc Rivers really putting him in the right position to to succeed? I I don't know. He's he's putting up he's been putting up great numbers. Look at Joel Embiid, who was injured throughout that playoff series. If Joel Embiid's healthy, they win that Atlanta series pretty easily, and that right. postseason gets really really interesting in that regard. They easily could have been the ones in the finals for sure. Um, and then. I mean, from a Simmons perspective, I mean, he's we've we've seen him put up forty-point games. We've seen him put up huge number of games. Um, he's only twenty-four years old. He's an All-Star. He's he's basically like a a light Giannis Adikumbo in a way. From you know, he can't shoot, but he can do basically everything else. And maybe on a Magic team that is still trying to develop shooters, you would maybe hesitate. But this is an All-NBA talent. Not in his prime yet, that you could potentially get, and I'm only offering Terrence Ross, who is on the beginning on the you know on the decline in his in his thirties. He's who's going to be, you know, he's only got two years left on his contract. Mo Bamba, who he might be lucky to be the second center on this team. I, I don't expect him to challenge for number one spot against Wendell Carter. Do you? No. So, so he's an expiring contract basically at this point with you know he blocks pretty well for his minutes per game he and he can hit threes on a you know on occasion maybe uh, not
1: enough but um, he, he blocks pretty well and he hits a three once in a while i mean so that's basically what it is you're really it's a hard sell for philadelphia
0: i'm selling mobamba as a yeah. potential <laughs> backup who comes off your books in a year yeah. that's how i'm selling mobamba so and jonathan be, isaac uh huh who when healthy is a walking defensive player of the year candidate, which Ben Simmons, walking defensive player of the year candidate, who we saw his offensive potential in the bubble before he went down again, how great his offense was looking.
1: Just to be clear, there's no way you there's no way Philadelphia would do that. There's no chance that this is a attractive package. Here's but look, if Philly and Embiid keep bullying the shit
0: out of Simmons, I mean, he's not playing. He's not playing at all. He's not. <laughs> Yeah. He, they're already withholding an eight million dollar paycheck from right, him right. from last season, and he's still he's not budging right now. So losing, you know, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars a game for the next up to the trade deadline, it doesn't seem to phase him right now. And I don't know if somebody else is fronting the money from his agency. I don't know, but. Um, the way the way Philly fans are cruel. I mean, they are because I'm a Philly fan myself. I'm an you're, Eagles fan. You're a
1: miserable son of a bitch. I'm a Phillies fan, yeah.
0: and I, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm an Eagles, Phillies, Flyers fan. Yeah, and so I'm quite familiar with how the Philadelphia sports landscape works, with how the fandom works. Yeah, I'm a sick motherfucker. <laughs> this is why I put my magic diehardness up against anybody. That includes you, buddy. I love you, but I, I like I am a sick man. So. Knowing this, this sickness that is Philadelphia's for, sports fandom that exists, yeah, I just I they're gonna keep putting the pressure on the organization to get in a trade, especially since the Eagles suck. Like this is all Philly fans have. The Phillies didn't make the playoffs, right? Like you know they might lean on hockey a little bit here till the Flyers lose a bunch of games, come out the gate, but like the Sixers is all they have at this point. And if they get off to a slow start without Simmons. And he's not budging, and he's there's no chance in hell he's coming back. They gotta trade him for something, right? And right now, no one's ponying up much. And the way I see this magic package again, especially if Isaac gets on the court, you know, know, when when the time comes to potentially pull this trigger from a Mori perspective, and he's looking fairly decent, maybe it can happen. But I agree. Right now, there's no chance the Sixers do this, Uh, but. Tell me another team that's got another offer right now because no one seems to be offering much of anything for Ben Simmons. This seems to be what I'm offering, the best package that's out there for Ben Simmons, which is, again, crazy for, I get it. His free throw shooting is not good. He passed up a wide open dunk slash slash layup. I get that. This guy still is an all-star who is an all-NBA player who can win Defensive Player of the Year. Yep. So, again, I'm doing this, you're doing this, Philly's not doing it, but I feel like we got to throw that out there now. Isaac being an, you know anti-vaccine, which again he said he was. He, you know again, he's saying he's not anti-science, anti-medicine, but all his actions indicate he is at this point. Um, but we'll see with that. So, any other thoughts with with potentially? A Simmons trade I mean I'm not trading Isaac just to trade him away like I'm doing this to potentially get a guy like Ben Simmons that's what I'm doing right as much as I completely disagree with Isaac's views on COVID-19 and just all this stuff that's going on you know he his you know as as awful as the knee injury was in the bubble you know the kneeling thing could have become a big big thing long term and as soon as the the knee went out again he got away from the spotlight So who knows how long that would have carried on. Um, but anyway, we got four exhibition games coming out. We're playing Monday in Boston, then new Orleans on the sixth, And then we got two home games here against the Spurs and the Celtics, which the Spurs game is interesting because we play them on the 10th and our season opener is against the Spurs on the 20th. So I wouldn't expect to see much with that. Uh, we're probably going to have to illegally stream the first two road games before, uh, Bally Sports Florida shows the two home games here for the for the preseason but I mean what training camp thoughts do you have about about either the coach, coaching staff, players, what your expectations
1: are coming into this exhibition season. Like, I'm looking for, at us to actually run some plays. That's what I'd like to Bad see. My, my only training camp thought is that there's a fucking bell in the practice facility. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's where we're at right now. The Yeah, I, I'm very interested to see what um, if, if there's an offense, if there's any semblance of uh, X, X's and O's. Um, and beyond that, just uh, get, staying healthy and getting healthy and, and getting through training camp and the exhibition season unscathed because it's a season of development. And for a lot of our players, um, they need to be on the floor to develop, obviously.
0: All right. So I'm going to actually throw some random questions at you that are going to randomly pop in my head. So hopefully this goes well. But uh, assuming Foltz and Isaac are going to be out for this preseason. Um, what? Man. Do we think Franz Wagner is going to get a uh, starting time in these first
1: two road preseason games? Uh, I hope not. Although, are we assuming Chuma's out? Because Chuma too? is out. Yeah. So I, mean, I think he might have to. That's yeah, the thing. I mean, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess so.
0: Do you think we see uh, Mo Bamba and Wendell on the floor together at any point? Because Wendell apparently is doing a lot of power forward stuff in yes. training camp. So you think we'll see it? Yep. Okay. Um. Who
1: starts first, Franz Wagner or Mo Wagner, uh, in this exhibition That's campaign. a good question. Yeah, actually, I would I would put my money on Mo. You? I think it's going to be
0: Franz. Okay. I think Mosley's going to be pressured to put the rookie in. Yeah. Um, okay, who's the starting? <clears throat> Ooh, who starts in who who starts in the point shooting guard and small forward positions? So again, you don't have Fultz. you don't have Michael Carter Williams, right? So basically, your pool includes Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton, Jalen Suggs, Terrence Ross, Cole Anthony, and Etowan Moore. Uh,
1: do you? Th- well, I guess I'll. I, I'll throw do it we back think over Cole's going to gonna be starting at the point guard? No. Do you? I think he starts at the point guard. You think I, Suggs is starting point? I think it's Suggs, Harris, and R.J. at the three, and I think Cole gets leapfrogged. I don't know if that's fair. Is that fair? I don't think that's fair. I think Cole. I mean. So I will give Jonathan Isaac credit
0: for, for this point because Cole Anthony gave him credit, but Isaac was the one that organized the Charleston trip with the players, right. which that's awesome. That's good. I like that. Do more of that yeah. than than reading bad research on stuff. But um, <laughs> Cole Anthony seems to be almost the, the second leader on this team, if not the first leader, which that's pretty crazy for a guy that's starting his second season and he's in the middle of his first actual legitimate training camp as an NBA player. Um, he, he struggled at summer league. I'll I'll just give him credit. Maybe like it's the getting used to the new basketball. Who knows? But um, look, my I think both our expectations are kind of close to where I view him as somebody who is should be like a backup point guard for his NBA career. Who could start thirty games in a season if you have to? Like that's his third, goal. Third guard. Yeah. You think third guard? I mean, I'm or third yeah. guard and uh, like then in general guard
1: rotation. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, backup. Um which that, that there's nothing to be shameful about. Like that's that's really freaking good. I think he is going to start. Um I just because I'm praying that we try to turn Suggs into some type of shooting guard, some type of Brandon Roy type shooting guard. But you don't see it like that. So, if you got Suggs starting at point, who's st- who's going
1: to be shooting guard and small forward? Yeah. Then? I have Gary Harris at the 2 and I think they slot RJ and into the three, uh, in in kind of the beefed up Michael Carter Williams role. Okay, I don't know. No, I I would like to
0: see R.J. Hampton play small four, just because we we need small forwards. But it's like it's either like it, it's Mike, Michael Carter Williams is out, he's hurt, so it's basically between Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton, and T. Ross, and T. Ross ain't starting. Terrence Ross is not starting, so no. And Gary Harris is six four. I mean, he could, he could play the three in some instances, I'm sure, no doubt about it. I mean, he's, he's still a good defender. That's the one thing that he's always going to have is respectable defense. RJ Hampton, be it by some type of random coincidence because he's been working so much with Mike Miller, and Mike Miller is kind of his agent, kind of not in, some, in, in a way is going to end up being like a small forward like Mike Miller was. Um, he's a little shorter than Mike Miller at the moment. He might keep growing. I mean, the way he's growing, he might be like six nine in like two weeks. We'll yeah. see. But um, I think the, RJ Hampton showed great, great promise both last season and in summer league with his three-point shot. And, you know, he's going to beef up. I mean, he's already put on muscle. He's fast as hell. He can play three positions, four positions, probably. Easy. Like, the only position I, he probably can't play is center. I mean, he probably can play some four, depending on how small it is out there on the court. But I would like to see... I mean, at this point, if Fultz, you know, Fultz is my starting point guard. But when he's not healthy, I want Cole to be the point. I don't want to see Jalen Suggs there. You're probably going to be right, though. I think Mosley probably will end up starting Suggs because then... You get because you got then got to somehow you know throw in Gary Harris and RJ Hampton in there probably, and I I personally think Gary Harris is actually going to lead us in scoring this season. I think he's going to pull an Aaron Aflalo and, and and lead us in scoring. But um, the move is to trade him, right?
1: I mean, it's lead, either him or us.
0: So and and Gary's got twenty million dollars coming off the books this this summer. So um, that's that's the kind of move that I'm looking at in that regard. Um. Any other thoughts from a training camp perspective, from a Magic perspective? It it got dark again,
1: unfortunately. Um, it's gonna be a little dark this year. I mean, my only other you, thought is that there's a fucking bell in the practice. <laughs> like I can, no, I not really. I don't want to do.
0: I don't want to do season predictions no. because
1: I like we're doing. We're gonna do yeah. an, another pod
0: before the regular season starts because yep. I don't know what the fuck this team looks like at all. No, like at all. Like we're focusing on all like the positive stuff. We're getting all these nice photos of, like, Coach Mosley, like, bodying up dudes in practice, yeah. which yeah. I don't care. No, nope. I don't care if my head coach is bodying up dudes. Like, I, I don't. I really don't. That's what player development guys are for. Where's Courtney Lee? Throw <laughs> Courtney Lee in there, man. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. Like, I want my head coach to coach. That That's what I want. So I, I'm glad I'm, they like him. I'm glad that there's a real camaraderie. Like, you know, Philip Reich, who's been covering the team for, like, a decade, says that from, you know— a, at least training camp practice perspective, this is like the most high energy, like excitement he's seen in that regard. Cool. Yep. Let's see what happens when we lose a whole bunch to start the season.
1: I'm uh, going to be, uh, and I apologize in advance and all other facets of my life this year, I'm going to be very positive, but for, for the magic for this season, I think it's going to be a cynical outlook for me.
0: I, I don't want to go there, and we're gonna save it for the for the next episode we'll for do sure. That. Because right. I I I'm going to we're gonna look at these four pre, uh, preseason games, and then I'm gonna go through that 82 game schedule, and we're gonna and I'm gonna see like are we gonna to get to that 22 23 win prediction that Vegas has us? Do I think we're gonna be above that? Are they gonna end up being the 10 and 72 magic that the 99 2000 magic should have been? We're gonna find out, but uh do you
1: oh we do have actually one positive thing you have a giveaway to announce uh, yeah so if you've made it this far we'll also tweet (laughs) god bless you man uh the magic first preseason game is against the boston celtics all i need you to do is follow both adam and myself we'll give you the twitter handles at the very end of the show uh tweet us who you think is going to win the game is it going to be the magic is it going to be the celtics uh, if you pick the correct team I'm assuming there will only be one of you I, I will send uh, a basketball hall of Fame shot glass out in the mail along with uh, uh, to be determined prizes uh, we'll put together a little penny and pops uh, prize pack for you yeah we, we we've
0: done this before and we, we we do a pretty good job with them just because we actually own like random stuff from 30 years of magic yep. history so, so. Uh, we appreciate you listening to another episode of the podcast. Apologies for the grimness. It might be a grim season. It might be a grim three years, depending on how this goes. But uh, you know, please subscribe and give us a wonderful rating. Tweet us any of your questions and feedback. Penny, what's your twiddle, uh, Twitter handle? At Spencer Stroh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm at Papa Georgia MBO. Uh, we'll, we'll in the tweet. We'll we'll let you guys uh, put your replies in for the contest in there. But with that, go magic take care and just win hopefully yeah some exhibition games even let's do it there's a fucking bell get out the way get out the way get out the way yeah yeah get out the way get